We are a nation at war. The trials that we're seeing right now, the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse and its verdict, and the trial of the killers of Ahmad Aubrey. But we always talk about the trial of Ahmad Aubrey as though Ahmad Aubrey was on trial because you want to know why? Because he is. Because in places like Georgia, where he was killed, it is incumbent upon black people to be 100% blameless. And if you're not, your killers, your murderers are going to be set free because they have a justification because you were black and you were doing something wrong. Therefore, we have the right to hunt you down and murder you. In the case against the murderers of Ahmad Aubrey, these people get up on stand and break down into tears and reveal to the courtroom because they can no longer lie that they were under no threat by Ahmad Aubrey. That they hunted him down and they murdered him. They lynched him. Kyle Rittenhouse showed up to a protest and shot three people. You can see at the beginning in Kenosha, in that video, he walked up to someone and fired a gun and shot somebody. That is an active shooter situation. He's on the ground getting his ass kicked because he just shot someone because people think he's a mass shooter, which he is. And this man gets to use, because he's 18 now, he gets to use the excuse that I was scared to get off. He's getting hit in the face with a skateboard. He's getting kicked in the face because you just shot somebody and people think you're an active shooter because you are. The fact that these men, Kyle Rittenhouse and the murderers of Ahmad Aubrey, the fact that these men even make it to trial is again, everyone who knows who is black or brown or native or even an immigrant, you all know that the way that we know that they're privileged, the way that we know that they have real power and control in this society is not only their ability to have weapons in public, be able to shoot someone and literally walk back past police with no repercussions, but also the fact that you made it to trial. And now we've learned that Kyle Rittenhouse is going to have a fucking documentary on Fox News by none other than the head racist in charge the number one loudmouth, the number one racist in the country, Tucker Carlson, who furthered last year right-wing hatred, right-wing bullshit talking points, racist, xenophobic, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, disgusting lies that he furthers, disgusting lies that he furthers. There are many people who say that the Civil War never really ended. And I, I concur with that. I'll be talking to Manisha Sinha, but we are now seeing the consequences of right-wing narratives. We're seeing the consequences of when I think the country truly went right off the track of a constitutional republic which was 2000 with the Brooks Brothers riot down in Florida and Bush v. Gore. The idea that you can win a general election, both by the popular vote and the electoral college, and you do not ascend to the presidency because of some court case, is outrageous. The Supreme Court has no authority on the United States Constitution to dictate elections. None at all. Zero. It has no authority on the United States Constitution to tell which states they should and shouldn't count votes. Where does the Supreme Court get off? Constitutionally speaking, the nerve, the gall, going to tell states not to count, not to count votes in order so that we can determine who and who isn't president. Because Al Gore did win the popular vote. Al Gore did win the Electoral College. And we all let it go. Lynchings in this country of Black people and of Natives and of white people who oppose white supremacy are nothing new. 
I hate to tell you. It is a long, vicious, brutal, hateful, evil history within this country. When you allow a president who won a lawful election that we know that he won the popular vote and the electoral college, and we did not allow him to come to power, we gave license, we gave a free pass to the right in this country to do whatever the hell they wanted. Because you too can pull off a riot and stop the ballots being counted. You too can stack a court by having daddy's friends on the court in order to give you an election. George W. Bush pulled off what Donald Trump tried to. Donald Trump made calls that were made public. George W. Bush probably didn't even have to pick up the phone because the Republican Party is a right-wing extremist reactionary party that is militant, that has its own militias in the form of police and in the form of right-wing volunteer organized militias. Be they Proud Boys, be they the members of those who are now inside of D.C. jails awaiting trial. It is incredible to me to see the extent to which the right in this country displays its contempt of democracy, its contempt of republicanism, its contempt for America. They despise America. And the way that we got here is a long-standing way. But here's my theory. And I think it's going to pretty much be laid out with the conversation with Manisha Sinha that'll go live soon. But the way that this happened is that with the constructing of the Constitution, with an unelected Senate, with a indirectly elected president, with a three-fifths compromise, with the structure of the Senate, and there being no, none, no mention, we're not within the Bill of Rights, certainly not within the preamble, of any pretense that you have a right to vote. Look over it. Bill of Rights, preamble. Look over the structure. There is not a sentence. The word vote probably doesn't even come up outside of federal government functions of what Congress can vote on, what the Supreme Court, quote unquote, votes for. The 15th Amendment that supposedly gave African-Americans the right to vote is simply an amendment that states that you cannot be discriminated against in your ability to vote based on skin, national origin, you know, all the rest of that stuff. To this day, we do not have an affirmative right to vote in this country. That is not a mistake. James Madison, a man who went back and forth with John C. Calhoun, the man who eventually led to the ideology of people like Henry Clay and eventually led to the Civil War, the Slavers' Rebellion of 1861. James Madison makes this argument over and over and over again within the Constitutional Convention, that the Constitution is set up to protect what he calls the minority of the opulent against the interests of the majority. This Constitutional Republic was set up specifically not to have universal enfranchisement, specifically set up to not be a democracy. It's why George Washington stated clearly, we're going to be back here in another 10 years. Because literally riding into the Constitutional Convention, George Washington comes from upstate New York with the rebellion that he's got to put down. New York at the time, as I discussed with Ryan Grimm, is attacking Vermont, is trying to annex Vermont, just killing people in northwestern Pennsylvania and southwestern New York, just people just killing each other. To the south, Georgians and, Flor and Floridians are going at it. What we would call Carolinians, Georgians, Virginians are slaughtering natives. 
Countries at war. And when it comes to the native war, that many would argue to this day it has not stopped. But officially it didn't stop until the 1920s or 30s. That war went on for hundreds of years. It's the reason why we have the Second Amendment. A big part of the reason why we have the Second Amendment. And you know, when you allow a minority to have that much power, when you base a constitution on land, when you allow a Senate that can confirm judges to be unelected or what we would call indirectly elected, your local house, your state government would decide who is appointed, depending on the governor, depending on the, 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 the legislature, would determine who is appointed, not elected, appointed to the U.S. Senate for confirmation appointments of judges, ambassadors, cabinet members, not to mention the final say when it comes to laws. Having property have the right to make the decisions within this society is one of the first road markers to hell for us. Because you allow the minority of this country, the minority of a minority, of a minority, to have that much control as to what the country does. Again, find it for me. And the first 10 amendments in the Bill of Rights in the preamble tell me where it states you have a right to vote. You don't. And you're not supposed to notice that it doesn't give you the right to vote. Certainly, if you're listening and you're white, you, you're not a male, and you don't own land, you couldn't vote. You're renting, you're trying to get, you can't vote. You got a wife and a kids, but you're on your way and you, you renting to, you can't vote. You black, girl, you know better than that. You know we can't vote. Can't even vote today. Immigrants, people who are here, naturalized citizens, mm-mm, you, you still not voting. No. Not unless you own some land. And even then, depends. Real depends. If you have any other skin color besides white, mm, nope. You're not a male, nope. Can't vote. And we have allowed this to go on. We have a president that is not only indirectly elected by the Electoral College, but on top of that, most people cannot vote. It is a minority of a minority. And so you have the Senate that's indirectly elected. And on top of that, there are two senators from every state, no matter what the size of the state is. No proportional representation. And when you allow people to live in that sort of world where they have that much power, when you allow people to have that much power, you allow them to be paranoid because power has to be paranoid. You're surrounded by people who want your power. And so you have to threaten and cajole, and slaughter, and marginalize, and oppress in order to keep your power. And that is what we have allowed to continue. 19th Amendment didn't say nothing about black women. 15th Amendment supposedly says something about black men. We are a country that is at war with itself. And what sparked this is 2000. Allow a candidate who won the election to not take office. That is where we cross the line. Because we know what George W. Bush gave us. Gave us Afghanistan, gave us Iraq, gave us the NSA, gave us the CIA, gave us Department of Homeland Security, gave us the disastrous response to Katrina, gave us the modern right. That is what George W. Bush gave us. You know, the thing with cars and mowing people down as an act of terror and violence and murder is nothing new. But since the Black Lives Matter uprisings began in 2014 and 2016 and 2017 and 2020, there have been a series of laws that have come about that give license to people to make the claim that I was driving, someone stepped in front of me, and I have the right under the law to mow them down. 
the real first acclaimed time that this really happened was during Charlottesville in 2017, when white supremacists descended on that city to make a point. This is a slave plantation city. This is a university, University of Virginia, that was designed by Thomas Jefferson, a slave owner, a man who held his own children in bondage, in chattel slavery. To make a point that after Donald Trump had won again against the popular vote with the Electoral College, again, again, we allow a minority in this country to continue to run the country. And when you allow a minority to run the country, they are a minority. When you allow the minority of the country to run the country, you get a situation where people are allowed to live in their own reality. And the realities that they come up with, particular since the end of the fairness doctrine, in particular since the beginning of cable right-wing news and right-wing radio, you get Ruby Ridge, you get Waco, you get the Oklahoma City bombings, you get Columbine. These are right-wing, reactionary, death cult-style slaughters. The material consequences of right-wing narratives. It is the podcast that I put up. Rachel Maddow goes into depth, into detail about what the Posse Comitatus Act and what the Posse Comitatus Movement has been about. Again, Posse Comitatus Act is a cowing by the Republicans to the Democrats in the South, a minority, a minority to end Reconstruction, the occupation of the South. We didn't take their land. We didn't re-educate them and educate them on what the horrors of what they had done to this country and to, and more importantly, to black people. We didn't seize land and distribute it and give it to black people who had already worked it. We did not give justice to this country because of racism, because of bloody, virile, violent, hateful racism. And so in the United States, we have always allowed, we have always allowed racism to run this show. We have always allowed minority rule in this country. It's literally in the Constitution. We have had to amend it, I don't even know how many times, to try and expand it. The 13th, the 14th, the 15th, the 17th, the 19th, all in order to be able to expand the right to the Republic, to open the enfranchisement of this country to majority rule. And that project is still in 2021, not done. And so we all watch in horror and in terror every day as we see the consequences of allowing the minority opinion of this country, the hateful, virulent, vile racism, the bloody, hateful, malignant xenophobia to continue to run the show of the United States government. We have seen twice now, this century, Bush v. Gore and George W. Bush and Donald Trump, what the consequences are of allowing a minority to rule the country. Twice. 12 years within the last 21 years were ruled by people, no right, no claim to the White House. No business in there, none at all, no business. One of them started two wars officially, introduced us to four or five more, introduced some of the most regressive constitutionally abrogating pieces 
of legislation since the Alien and Seditious Act and the Espionage Act. We allowed the hatred, we allowed the virulent, vile right wing within this country to do what it is that we're doing right now. We allowed them to do to the country what we are seeing the country do. Allowing someone who did not win the electoral college or the popular vote to ascend to the presidency ended, in my opinion, the American experiment in democracy. It's finished. And I think the quicker that we all realize that, I think the better off that we are going to be. Because we need to really realize what it is that's happening right now. This is a country packed to the brim with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of guns. And we have a right in this country that pushes continuously like a march of death, like a march of the orcs for further and further opening up, not of the ballot box, not of representation, not of expanding the social rights, but a right to a tool that is used for death and murder and slaughter and killing and pain and agony and destruction, and most importantly, of disunion. When Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were running in 2016, Texas, along with several other Southern states, said that if we don't win, we are considering seceding from the union. They said the same thing in 2020. Barack Obama had to come out and respond to that in 2016. We have allowed a minority to rule this country for 12 out of the last 21 years. Let's just say 20, right? Technically the end of the Bill Clinton administration. 12, 12 of the last 20 years we have been doing this. We have allowed a minority to run this country. In the minority opinion within a society that has as only two political parties and a highly motivated, well-funded, and goal-oriented ruling class, as class-conscious as Noam Chomsky would say, as class-conscious as a business class as we have in this society, we have allowed this madness to go on. And so what are the consequences? Well, of allowing people to have guns and allowing anybody who turns over the age of 18 to have a gun. Not just you have a right to a gun. You can go out and like have, you can go out and purchase one. No, you have a right under the constitution as how the Supreme Court has interpreted it. Again, not an elected body. Supreme Court justices, associate justices, as they're known, are confirmed by the Senate, not the House of Representatives, the People's House. And so we've allowed minority opinion to have control over the majority. It is what the Constitution was literally set up to do. And the consequences for that were the slavers' rebellions that took place throughout the 19th century, were the white supremacist rebellions that took place in the United States throughout the 20th century, and are now the right-wing rebellions that are to come in this century. Because make no mistake about it, we are a nation at war. I think we need to let that sit and really run through the mind that, yeah, we are a nation at war. During the 2020 uprisings of Black Lives Matter that took place all across the country and all around the globe, the reckoning with colonialism, the reckoning with racism that Black people in this country initiated. And you remember, Donald Trump did everything he could to make sure that there was no cross-racial solidarity. He immediately stated ICE is going to be out at these protests, looking at these videos, trying to find people. No immigrants. No immigrants. 
are going to be allowed to make common cause with black people. It's just going to be you all. That is shit right out of Bacon's Rebellion. That is a known right-wing reactionary move within the United States. It is a known state with a capital S move within the United States to split up, to fracture the working class and the underclasses within this society. And what are the results of allowing a minority to be in their own world with their own media to allow them to run the country? Because when you are a minority in power, you got to be paranoid because you are, you got to. And that's why I, that's the discussion that I had with Professor Sinha, Dr. Sinha, which is, I asked her, do you think that if the slaveholders hadn't made such a fuss, if they hadn't been so publicly paranoid, if they hadn't made such outrageous demands, do you think that they would still have slaves by the end of the 19th century? And she said, almost certainly yes. Almost certainly yes. Abraham Lincoln wasn't interested in abolishing slavery. Abraham Lincoln was not interested in abolishing slavery coming into office. Only people who were talking about stuff like that was Thaddeus Stevens and, and senators from Massachusetts and some senators from places like Ohio and some Western territories. But the South could not take the fact that they lost an election. And so they decided to leave. And not just leave. They didn't just leave. They decided to start a war. They decided that they were going to open fire on America, on the United States, on the majority. To make known we are not going to accept majority rule anymore. Within the Confederate Constitution, and there are many interesting ways that the Confederate Constitution mirrors the Constitution of the United States. However, it replaces the phrase, we the people, with the phrase, we delegates, we collection of states, we representatives, do ordain, and la la la. And the reason why that is, is because they did not see the United States as a nation. And Ryan Grimm was saying this the other day in our conversation which is that it's not until after the Civil War you get this change in how things are said. The United States are doing this because it's seen as a collection of states, essentially a confederation of states. Sound familiar? Articles of the Confederacy, the Confederacy. Because it is this idea that we are not one people, we are a collection of individual states coming together, the decisions that we have to do. If we have to work together, then yes, we will. But when minority opinions are challenged, that's when we pack up the game and we're all going home. And may not go home, we might just open fire and start a shooting war. And so we've allowed this to cook for 20, 30, 40 years. We've allowed minority rule in this country for the majority of the last 20 years. We've allowed minority rule in the country since fucking the founding of the country. Again, please find me the right to vote in the Bill of Rights. Please find it for me in the preamble. Go ahead, search for it. Please do. Tell me where it says you and I, all of us, have a right to vote. Tell me where you find it. Tell me where you find it today in the Constitution, hell, where you have a right to vote. The Constitution itself is set up to be so difficult to change, you need three-fourths of the states in order to prove an amendment. You need a two-thirds majority in both houses of Congress and the signature of the president. And so when you have this level of paranoia by a minority, you get outbursts and lashings out of violence because violence is the only way a minority can maintain its power we know it in literally every other country every other political system that we know of that when a minority is threatened when a minority in power is threatened the first thing they do is they break out the guns the clubs the swords the daggers in order to start with violence.
And so here we are in America in 2021. This year started off exactly like a experiment of exactly what it is that I'm talking about. In the beginning of 2021, we not only are coming off the heels of a minority elected president, the man lost by over 3 million votes. No reason he should be inside that office outside of an old racist minority rule constitutional provision that allows the minority of the opulent to protect itself against the interests of the majority. We got this guy spreading rumors and lies to his base, these reactionaries, these fascists, that if I lose, it's a conspiracy against me. And if I win, it's an overwhelming mandate from the people. And that we should all use violence as a way to repress the majority. He called election officials. He called governor's offices. He did everything he could in order to get them to stop counting the votes so that the majority could not have their voice heard. You want to know why he did that? It's not because he's somehow crazy. George W. Bush did, in effect, exactly what he did. He got the court to stop counting the votes. And you remember Donald Trump tried to do that. Supreme Court laughed him out. All. I mean, he kept going to court, to court, to court, to court, to court, to court, to court. Trying his absolute best to get the votes to stop being counted. Why was he doing this? People were like, oh my gosh, we've never seen this before in American history. Like, what do you, maybe by a sitting president, dummy. But it's not surprising at all to me. It's what George W. Bush did. It's how he got to the White House. And so we got January 5th this year, whereby African-Americans come out in Georgia in droves to throw out Republican senators. We got not one, but two senators out of Georgia because of black votes. That sleeping giant finally began to stir in places like Georgia. And so the very next day, after planning it in public for months on Reddit, on Facebook, 4chan, 8chan, Twitter, Stormfront, Parler, you name it. After months of doing so, months of doing so, we get an insurrection at the Capitol. On Stormfront, it was very clear what they were doing. On Reddit, Facebook, it was very clear what they wanted. On Parler, the statements that Republican officials were making to their constituents in private made very clear what their intention was. It was to overthrow the election. Why? Because they had done a riot before. The Brooks Brothers riot, except this time they weren't all in suit and ties. This time they brought automatic weapons. This time they brought zip tie handcuffs. And instead of voting officials, it was the collective 535 members of Congress. They stormed the Capitol. They stormed the Capitol. They built a gallows with a noose. They planted bombs throughout the building, fired weapons, bullets into the House of Representatives voting chamber, while members are still in the gallery. Congress knew this was coming. The right knew this was coming. They knew that. And they did nothing. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer did nothing. Mitch McConnell did nothing. Kevin McCarthy did worse than nothing. He openly encouraged it, allowed the overwhelming majority of his caucus to vote against counting the electoral votes from the states. Their constitutional duty to certify the votes of the electoral college, not the popular vote, the electoral college. But when even that did not work out for them, again, the minority decided we have a right to overthrow democracy. It's not the first time a right-wing mob have chased out an interracial, integrated, 
multiracial, multicultural, small d, democratic governing body within the United States. It's not the first time. Several incidents throughout the 19th century into the 20th century where it happened just like that. Pogroms is what they are, is what they were. And after they stormed the building with zip tie handcuffs and semi-automatic rifles and bombs, we allowed them to do that. And there were no consequences for anyone who did that. None. No consequences. None. No consequences for anyone involved. The individual actors, some of them are sitting in a D.C. jail. That is not going to solve jack shit. When you allow the minority to obstruct the will of the majority, when you allow them to filibuster and to render judgments on a minority-appointed court, you allow for the country not to get better. You allow for the government not to perform the functions that it was elected to do. That causes immense frustration and anger among the majority. Over and over and over again, Democrats have won the popular vote. We won it in 2000. We won in 2008. We won in 2012. We won in 2016. We won in 2020. In the case of the United States, overall, in the House, in the case of the Senate, we overwhelmingly win. But because we allow the minority in this country to run the country, we have the problems that we do. By allowing Congress members, congressional leaders, Josh Hawley, Tommy Tuberville, Ted Cruz, Kevin McCarthy, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Paul Gosar, Bobert, Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise, by allowing these creatures, these cretins, to hold power within the United States, to abrogate their constitutional duty to count the electoral votes, to literally just be sworn in and to already break your constitutional oath without any consequences is outrageous. Each and every one of them should be expelled. All 147 of them, including Kevin McCarthy. All of them should be expelled. They are not interested in governing. And so we ask ourselves, well, materially, what are the consequences of allowing a minority in this country to run the government? And also when we as the majority win to obstruct policy, to obstruct the ability of the government to govern what are the consequences of allowing people to live in their own reality and for a minority in this country to crop up and be supported and literally depend on white supremacy and terror in order to keep power? As it becomes more and more desperate, Bush v. Gore worked but barely. Then Barack Obama gets in. That is. White support, they are not having it. Within weeks, we got Tea Partiers out on the White House lawn. Within weeks, the right is out furious that they were bested by a black man. 2016, you got states saying we will secede if the right does not win. A minority party in this country, overwhelmingly, people talk about how this is a center-right country, I heard Robbie Soev say that before. The most, one of the most ridiculous things I think I've ever heard. Like, what are you talking about? Out of the last, you all have won one popular vote. One. In the last 20 years. And that's only because the president that was in for that popular vote, George W. Bush, was able to have his daddy's friends install him as president in a court case. Again, where the fuck does the Supreme Court get the right to tell states not to count votes. 
to abrogate their responsibility under the United States Constitution to go about making electoral college decisions, to go about certifying those votes. What are the consequences of having 300 million guns? What are the consequences of allowing people to live in their own reality, shaped by white supremacy, racism, xenophobia, homophobia, homophobia, and transphobia? What are the consequences? Well, I will tell you what the consequences are. Allow me to show you what the consequences are. This is this is a Christmas parade in Wisconsin. Now, we don't know who the suspects are. The right wing is right now running with reports that somehow these were black or Arab men. Shut the fuck up. It's just ugly racism is, is exactly what the right is running with right now. But this is a country that is at war with itself. Because as I said earlier, when you do not allow a legitimate political opposition, when you don't allow the majority of the country to hold the power that it does when you don't allow them to come to power you come upon a situation like this the only other resort when we do not have politics when we don't have the ballot box when we don't have policy especially in this country weapons is to pick up our guns and apparently now jump in our cars and mow each other down out of frustration, out of anger, but also out of a sense that it's you against me in this hyper-individualistic, capitalistic society. It's a country at war with itself. And it's falling apart because we have allowed a minority in this country to rule the country from the beginning. And we cannot, under our current constitutional framework, pass policy. And we have people in power that come to power on a majority rule who refuse time after time after time after time to end the filibuster, to democratically elect and pack the Supreme Court, to expand the House of Representatives, to create an automatic voter registration for every person in the country, to allow states to determine what elections are like. We have a constitution and we have a governing ruling class that is wed to the idea that the minority should rule. It's why we can't get Build Back Better. It's why we can't get the American Families Plan. It's why we can't get For the People Act. It's why we can't get the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. It's why we can't get universal health care. It's why we can't legalize marijuana. It's why we can't go about naturalizing millions of people as citizens in this country. We have allowed a minority in this country to run it for so long that now the pot is boiling. The pot is boiling. I don't know if you've noticed that. We have allowed this. This is what it's brought us to. This is the brink into what it's brought us to. So I want you to listen to Glenn Greenwald and uh, Andre Demise have a full conversation about these laws when it comes to driving over people. Okay, but uh, when Heather Heyer when Heather Heyer was killed by James Alex Field Jr. Uh, in the uh, the uh, the Charlottesville uprising, people saw him as you know uh, mowing down you know mowing down a protester is the right and good thing to do. To the extent that several states have passed laws 
saying that if you are in a vehicle and people are out protesting, you can just go ahead and mow them down. That's so not the law. That, that's that, that's not the law. The law is that if they're impeding you okay. and they step in front of your car and you run them over okay. because they've done that, you, you aren't held criminal. It doesn't mean that you can go just drive around looking for protesters and aim your car at them like a missile. This is like trying to explain down. to me the ins and outs of Stand Your Ground. This is like trying to explain to me the, the vagaries of Stand Your Ground, though. I mean, functionally, that's what the law may actually says. But in practical terms, how does it play out? Well, exactly what I just said. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think that's true. I think if somebody got into a car and like purposely went around looking for protesters and mowed them down, he, they would have almost no support and they would certainly be convicted in every 50, one of the 50 James states. James Alexfield did get that level of support, though. What are you and, talking about? I don't think I don't think he did. I don't think he got I, I don't think he was turned into any kind of like a right wing celebrity. I don't know. I mean, again, you can go find any any opinion online. I'm talking about prevailing views. And I do think the way that Dylan Roof got viewed and the vast difference between him and Kyle Rittenhouse, that there's some like significant portion of the American right wanting white people to go on murder binges against black people. I could right now, I could right now go and look through my bookmarks that I've made from last year and find any number of right wing personalities, not just like random people on Twitter, but people with like actual check marks and television shows and bylines. Talking about, uh, you know, either joking about or seriously discussing the possibility of mowing down protesters with their vehicles at, you know, uh, if they've encountered them on a highway overpass. So I don't, I don't know if that's that seems a little bit hyperbolic to me. Glenn. Yeah. I mean, look, like, you know, one of the things I started off saying was I do think we're entering like civil war discourse where right. people want their enemies treated as as enemies of war, which means you imprison them and don't care if it's proven with the niceties of legal legalisms or or even that they're killed you know like look at how liberals treat ashley babbitt mm-hmm. you know? first of all ashley babbitt ashley babbitt entered the congressional building was looking to get ever with people who broke the glass protesters in portland or seattle that are looking to destroy a federal courthouse or set it a af- fire with no one inside of it are not the same as people who rush the congressional building who planned it for months out in the open in order to subvert democracy and in order to do so they were encouraged and cajoled and harangued and empowered and organized and in that case sent to congress by the sitting president of the united states that day again i can show you the video of donald trump watching as the protesters swarm the capitol scale the the walls of the capitol in order to get inside to break glass while congressmen are inside and they're they're armed with weapons with bombs with zip tie handcuffs and they specifically, the first places they go, Chuck Schumer's office, Nancy Pelosi's office, the squad's offices, because they have been told that those are their enemies. They are the people who are coming for your life. It is incredible to me that we are in a situation where that is where it is. Ashley Babbitt was a part of an organized movement that was seeking to Hill represented. They've made a gallows. They had weapons to sit here and act like we don't know whether or not she was involved with. What the fuck are you talking about? Literally, what the fuck are you talking about? Talking about somehow that all these legalisms and literally, what the fuck are you talking about? She broke glass after they had pushed past several layers of security within the congressional building. When is the last time a left-wing group didn't occupy a space, didn't burn a police, an empty police station to the ground, didn't, they didn't burn property, they didn't destroy glass. When is the last time a left-wing group organized in public, in public for months, to go about trying to overthrow an election in this country. When is the last time a president, a left-wing politician in this country, made an argument that not only is this 
election illegitimate, not only is it an abrogation of our right to power, but that we're going to go in there, we're going to go get them. Ashley Babbitt was a part of a group that, and the video is very clear. She was warned, you need to stay back. You need not to do so. She, like every other right winger, thought the rules did not apply to her. She had already gotten that close. They are already, they've literally already broken into the congressional building. They've already broken into the congressional building. That's madness. The idea that somehow Ashley Babbitt should be looked at with any sort of sympathy is outrageous. Let me tell you something. Black people in this country don't get a warning. The idea that black people, black lives matter, uh, black lives matter protest, a riot is going to somehow invade the congressional building is madness. Now, I will admit that I remember the nights within late May and early June of last year where protesters surrounded the White House and were going back and forth with D.C. Metro Police doing tug-of-wars with concert fencing because we are a country at war. We have the weapons of war. We have the motivations and causes of war. We are a country at war because we do not allow the majority in this country to have control. And even when they do have quote-unquote power, we don't allow them to pass legislation. And that's always been the case, even before corporations came around. Before then, it was the slave powers that they were enthralled to. We are a nation at war, and the only way we are going to make peace is by significant amendment of the Constitution or a rewriting of the Constitution. It is time that we rewrite the Constitution because it is clearly not working.